Good morning, Flagler. The doctors are in. I'm Dr. Scott Cleos. And I'm Dr. Andrea Cleos. And we are here once again to talk about your health and health issues right here in Flagler, Volusia, and St. John's County. Got a little treat for you guys today. One of us is doing this show in their underwear. That wouldn't be me. Well, Andrea, I was going to let them guess, but now they know who's doing their underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd figure that out anyways. I, well, I mean, I think it would have been much more. And now all the guys are going to turn off the sh- turn off the show. Uh, you know, if you would have just let them think about it for a while, the we could have enticed them into staying for the whole thirty minutes. But now they got to sit here and picture me in my underwear, like maybe, you do. Maybe you don't even have to picture me. You can just look at me. Maybe they're not even going to do that. They're just going to try to listen to what you have to say. Okay. Well, Andrea, let that cat out of the bag. I am in my underwear. Just went swimming in the pool, and uh, I decided to do this show almost all natural. That'll be next week's show. But for now, we're just going to sit here and uh, I'm going to flex one way because this really makes her. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> All right. What are we going to talk about medical wise this week? You got anything? I don't know, plate? but I had such an amazing run this morning and saw the stars and saw the sun and jumped in the ocean after a long stars, run. It was so amazing. You know, one thing I have to tell you guys, so many of my patients that lose weight, um, it's really not just about a great diet or a hard workout. It's it's both of them in combination with sleep. And, you know, we the more my patients move, and it's not just moving cardiovascularly, because you got to get your heart rate up, no doubt. You also got to stretch. The other day I did yoga and was doing weights and push-ups. And uh, Scott always says I'm crazy because I do 50 to 60 push-ups. I don't do them all at once. I actually like yoga days. Because she does her in her nighty, and then I come oh out, my gosh. and I just get, just love to watch her do her yoga in her nighty. So, and then she'll like get your hands off me. I got to go to work, and I just sit and watch. Then I'm like, okay, that's fine. Just gonna so, sit here and watch. For so a all of these types of exercise impact your gut biome, impact your brain and your brain health. Oh, it impacts your brain and I'm impacts you. your mobility and your joints and flex. You know your tendons and nerves. You know one thing, and it's you know Scott may have a predilection to rupturing tendons or his family. But one of the reasons if you strengthen your muscles, uh, your calf muscles, um, you actually by up and down stretching rather than side to side uh, movements, you have a tendency that you could actually pop because you're strengthening the muscle and putting torque on that tendon. But when we do plyometrics and you're kind of moving in all different directions, directions with motion, uh, you actually increase the mobility and the diverse movement of that joint. Now, you got to be slow and careful Hold if you're on. older. Before you keep going, I might even learn something on this show. Tell me what plyometrics is all about. So plyometrics is short bursts of exercise like we did with kids, but in various movement forms. So, for instance, jumping jacks, jumping squat jumps, jumping back and forth. So it's a, 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 a short burst of energy, tightening and strengthening muscles, build muscles faster. So it's kind of short bursts of runs. Um, but this is a new, well, it's not really a new concept, but it, we want that to be integrated into exercise in order to increase more mobility 
and tension on the tendons and nerves. It sounds like CrossFit light almost. Yeah, I would say it's probably like a CrossFit light. Some people, the burpees are an example. And for those who don't know what burpees is, it's kind of like They're doing killer. a push-ups. They're horrible. Then, then standing up and doing a jump in the air and then going back down into a push-up and then jumping in the air. We used to do them when I played soccer in high school. And Horrible. It, <clears throat> it like is torture. It's difficult, but you don't have to go ultra fast, if, especially if you're older. But it is, it's, it's kind of getting you down into a lying position or a, you know, push up position and then jumping up. It's, it's training your joints kind of in a cross training movements. And it actually puts tension on the door. It's like when I run, a lot of times I'll run up in the grass, I'll run off the sidewalk, I'll jump back into the grass. My run, my girlfriends think I'm crazy, but that's also a form of plyometrics. And when you build that agility into movement, your risk of falling goes down because your balance is tightened and your awareness in activity becomes more alert. And this is all part of the reason we're not just building muscle mass. We're not just building cardiovascular strength. We're building agility, movement, and flexibility so that as we age, we won't fall and we have more ability to handle various situations. And so I had a patient the other day, it was actually a client the other day, who was telling me, well, Dr. Cleos, it's really hard for me to get down on the floor and I said, well, part of what we're trying to do is build that agility into you. So the first thing we want to do is get you up and off the chair. So standing up off the chair and then sitting back down on the chair and then standing back up off the chair, there is a test that we call um, get the get up and go test in medicine. And we see how efficient a patient gets up off the chair and moves forward. If they have a hard time, that's a risk factor falling, a risk factor of aging. So that's one of the first exercises we want you to practice at home is can you get off that chair without support? If you need support, we'll practice and get stronger and stronger so that over time you don't need the support. And you say, well, my knees are bad. Well, then we got to work on, you know, knee and lower leg strength and weight reduction because many of my patients with weight reduction, they don't need the joint replacements they intended to have. And remember, vitamin D is vital to maintain cartilage in your joints. So just taking vitamin D may not be enough. You got to get the blood level checked so that you know, are you taking enough? Is it still low? Sometimes doctors will say, oh, you're fine. Your blood level's 30. That's too low. We know now in science, we should have at least 50 to 70. That's so important that you know that blood level and get it checked. And if you're concerned or you're not sure, call us in Shield of Life. We do, uh, you know, a curbside consult. You know, we do have a one-time consultation with us. So please, you know, give us a call if you have questions. If you're not wanting to be an ongoing patient or client of ours, we don't mind. We're happy to answer questions here and there. But we can give you our opinion and we can't be your doctor. But these are the kinds of important things to keep you young and active. And I, I've told you guys, I think this story before, during COVID, you know, everybody would kind of sneak off and try to get together periodically just for your mental state of mind. And there was a 90-year-old, mid-90-year-old that we saw at our friend Emma's house. And her mother was in her late 90s at that time. She just turned 100 this past year. She's almost 101 now. And she's amazing. But this guy was equally amazing. And he was young, young acting in his, his way he was communicating, very rapid speech, very energetic, dynamic, and very lean. And I asked him, you know, what do you do to stay young? And he basically said he was eating a lot of vegetables, chicken and fish. And he also talked about how he did this movement. And then before I knew it, he was down doing the downward dog and then the upward dog which are yoga movements. That's, What's the upward dog? It's basically like the seal where you're arching your back and your Oh, your I thought head. that's the cat. 
Well, you can do the cat. I don't know what the cat is. I'm not sure. I'm not so good at all these back. things. So arch your back and looking up. I'm, a na- I'm now like a, seal. a yoga aficionado. And, um, and Mas- he did master, this. Master of- We're so proud of you. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to say one thing okay, during okay. the show. I'm the master of the goddess maneuver. Yes. That's if you, it. If okay, you guys could going, see us, if you guys could see us, he could actually expose that to you. So maybe one of these days we'll in actually... In my underwear. In, oh, gosh. No, 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 no. Maybe, maybe it's good. We're just on the radio. But anyways, this guy in his mid-90s, was going down and up and all over the place. And he said, oh, every morning I do these movements to keep my body flexible. That's his form of yoga slash stretching. Very, very important as we age to keep the flexibility in our joints. We get stiff on the couch and we can't get up again. And watching TV and not moving, that's why gardening is so helpful because you're bending, you're stretching, you're moving, you don't even realize it, and you're doing something good by creating a food group that you're going to end up eating later on, hopefully. So um, if you're, unless you're planting flowers, but that will make you happy. So very important. Just to kind of add to what Andrea is talking about over there, it's not only good for your muscles and your tendons, but also your brain, which controls all these movements. And uh, it was enlightening to me. I actually learned this from a then medical student who's now an ophthalmologist. He's the son of one of my good friends. And um, he was doing research on like uh, the middle ear and coordination. And we always assume that, you know, coordination and what we call proprioception is where you are in space, where your limbs are, kind of keeps you balanced and oriented against gravity is a function of the cerebellum, but they found that this is actually has components of proprioception actually found in the higher brain above what we call the tentorium and the cerebrum. And if you don't utilize these portions of your brain, like anything else in the body, they start to atrophy over time and go away. And patients will become extremely unsteady uh, as they get older. Uh, my father was um, an avid uh, swimmer. I mean, exercise, that was his form of exercise. But I really think his lack of of land-type um, movements and uh, balance-type exercises during his life contributed to his unsteadiness later on. I mean, I really think he... I mean, he got to a point where it was he was very um, unsteady walking up a hill. Now, some of it may be related to his Parkinson's, but who knows? Maybe that's also has a component. We all have a genetic predisposition, but, but you know, what we do in life... more predisposed. Right, what we do in life is going to... So, <laughs> you know, when we're young... And before we abuse our bodies, all of these things seems to work really well. You know, we develop our brains and our abdomen. And I can tell you from parts of my body that I ignored over long periods of time, like my lower let, my lower extremities, my hips, sometimes my abdomen, getting back uh, and utilizing these parts of my uh, anatomy were extremely difficult in the beginning. It hurt. Um, it would. It, it not only hurt while I was doing it. There was pain afterwards because uh, I started doing these squat jumps, like Andrew is talking about. And the way that came about is we went to a um, mayor's challenge down here in Orman, and the medical students were putting on a component of the mayor's challenge, and that was one of the exercises they did. And they were only doing like ten, fifteen squat jumps. The next day, I could hardly walk. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so sore. So I figured that's a part uh, of my anatomy I'm not using appropriately. So I started doing these in the gym in between my workout sets. And uh, I gradually got to a point where I could do more and more. But then about a month and a half after starting this, I had pain so bad on both of my hips. I mean, just constant excruciating. Couldn't get into a comfortable position. And I had a couple of... um, 
um, professionals, friends of mine who helped me through that process. One was a massage therapist and she puts me on a bench in the gym and she's like rubbing on my buttocks, on my gluteus. And when she's pushing down, that pain that I was experiencing on the side of my hips would just flare up. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's it. And so she determined that I had a tendinopathy on the gluteus tendons because that's where they attach, right there on the side of the hips. And then my chiropractor buddy gave me some stretches to to do, you know, where you put your foot over your uh, contralateral knee and then pull the uh, opposite leg towards you and that stretches that same area. I couldn't even get my leg across. It hurt so bad in the beginning. And now I do them all the time. But I was able to gradually get myself back into a condition uh, where I was functional. But it was not overnight. I'm telling you, if you guys start something you haven't done in a while, start really, really slow because you haven't, you know, utilized that part of your brain or your body in a long time. And it takes a while to develop that rote memory and stretch those tendons out. And my most recent example is I was joking earlier, sort of, about this goddess maneuver, <laughs> but um, I started doing that. I think I told you guys on a previous show. He does it everywhere. I do it everywhere. <laughs> and I got now everyone doing job. it with him. They see me and they just immediately drop into the goddess um, uh, pose. And I also do the warrior one, two, and three. And, but my shoulders don't hurt like they used to. And my thighs seem like they're getting stronger. But when I first did them, I could hold that stuff for about three to four seconds. And I had to stop. Now I can do it for 20 seconds. And, but that is over two or three months, right? I mean, right. since and, we and these are all yoga movements. Right. So when we talk to you about doing cardiovascular exercise or resistance training, especially when you're losing weight, you want to do resistance training so you don't lose too much muscle mass. If you're overweight, you're going to lose some fat as well as muscle because you might have too much of both. Um, but as you become more toned and more fit, and as you lose muscle mass that's unhealthy muscle, your muscle tone and well as well as your muscle itself becomes a healthier uh, entity or cellular structure for your body. But you also need the plyometrics and you also need the stretching. And that's why yoga becomes so important because it kind of integrates these movements. And, you know, as men, sometimes, not all men, but even women, poo-poo yoga, it's too slow. A da, I da, da, da. I poo-pooed But it. the reality is the impact that it, it has to keep submission. us mobile, like that 90-year-old man, is profound and keeps us young. So it's very important to say, well, gosh, I can't do those things, and I have a hard time getting off the chair. If you're a listener listening to this, begin to start this slowly. You can go onto YouTube and try to begin these practices. <clears throat> Don't accept getting old. Begin to understand our areas of weakness and learn to modify your life to increase and improve them, just like Dr. Scott has been saying that he's been doing. All right, we guys, we're going to take a break because we've been talking for a long time now. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. I got a story I want to tell as well uh, from this past week. If you have any questions for myself or Dr. Andrea, you can email us at the doctors in D-O-C-T-O-R-I-S-I-N at WNZF.com. You're listening to the doctors in on WNZF News Radio, 1550 AM, 94.6 FM. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment.
Radiology Associates has been a trusted name in Volusia, Flagler, and St. Johns County for over 50 years. Radiology Associates is the first and only radiology provider to bring our neighbors of Flagler County 3 Tesla MRI, 64 slice CT, and time of flight PET CT in our Palm Coast Imaging and Town Center Imaging locations. This is our community. Our doctors live here and strive to provide only the best care to you, our neighbors. For more information about Radiology Associates, visit us online at radiologyassociatesimaging.com. And we're back for those of you just joining us. Uh, before the break, we were talking about plyometrics, which is a term that I just learned about today. Andrew was telling us that this is, you know, kind of short, abrupt movements uh, to invoke tendons and, and muscles and ligaments and strengthen all of those. And um, I think it all goes back to the sage advice from Albert Einstein, who told us that uh, life is like riding a bicycle. To maintain balance, you got to keep moving. And that's very, very true. So, you know, if you sit still and you become uh, uh, basically immobile or sedentary, sedentary then you're going to suffer the consequences. And that is going to exacerbate as you get older and it's not going to be just your muscles and tendons that get weak it's your brain itself and we see a lot of patients who get up into their uh, 70s 80s 90s and their brain actually atrophies it loses volume because they're probably not using those parts of their brain is my assumption and when i see someone who's an octogenarian or nonagenarian an 80 or a 90 year old and they have a very voluminous brain where they haven't lost a lot of uh, of, of brain cells i'm always impressed i want to go find this patient and say what do you do i'm sure some of it is a genetic component but it's probably because they maintain some level of activity i mean i would hope you know that well usually most of them are pretty agile and active most of them that we see there are quite a bit in this area i have to say if we really did an assessment we probably have somewhat of a blue zone in our area because it's the more and more i look i would call it more of a purple zone i I really blue some red so i really believe that we the more i look the more 80 90 and 100 year olds we see in volusia st john's and oh, a lot you of know, these people are Daytona moving from Beach. other locales and they come down and they've lived a good life. You know, that's I don't think it's unreasonable for someone to live up, uh, you know, to be a, a centurion because, yeah. you know, we can do it. We know physically we can as long as we don't succumb to our genetics or our bad lifestyles. Well, yeah, it's so. it's eating and changing your life and also having a purpose. You know, we, we talked about exercise and, and we need to have exercise with a purpose. And Scott had mentioned the importance of it improving your awareness of where your body is in space. That's um, basically proprioception. proprioception. And a lot of times I'll tell my patients to practice proprioception. And the way you can do that is hold on to a table and go down into a squat, bend your knees down, bend down, and then come back up. Hang on to that table and actually do it with your eyes closed. And then if you feel comfortable, of course, do this with family so you've got support. And remember, you need to talk to your doctor before you do it. It's not my, it's not my, my back if you do it and fall. <laughs> but the other thing is you can do it with one hand, see how you do, and see how you respond to it. Um, and do one leg, both legs. Um, and it's really amazing how unstable you can quickly become. And that's practicing where your brain sees it self in space when your eyes are closed. And that becomes very, very important to maintain that proprioception. And you never know when you're going to need this stuff. I mean, when I ruptured my Achilles, thank 
goodness, I had some baseline balance to help me get around on crutches. And it was really important when I was getting out of the shower, when I had to, you know, use the crutches to lift myself up from that shower chair and then get myself out of the, out of the shower itself. But because I would still have the strength and the proprioception to deal with that, I didn't have to put my wife through the misery of having to bathe me. <laughs> At least not yet. You might have liked that. Yeah. Next time I'm going to faint. I'm going was... to fake it just to get the, you know, the, the sponge bath. But uh, as for now, I'm still independent. Uh, but um, um, it's kind of interesting um, how things can rapidly deteriorate if you don't use this stuff over time. And so you don't want to get to that point. Right. And right? when your family can't help you because you can't stand up and you have a hard time going to the bathroom without assistance, they're going to sometimes have to put you in a nursing home, even though they don't want to. So maintaining hip strength, you know, mobility and activity keeps you out of a nursing home. And nobody wants to live in a nursing home if they can help it. You know what I can do now? When I'm in the shower, I can... Oh, I'm scared. What are you going to tell yep, us? I'm, when I'm in the shower, I can stand on one leg and lift the other leg up so that I can wash my feet standing there without putting anything on there. And I can do it with both legs now. When I first started trying to stand on my... What are you my, doing now? So I stand on one leg. i got to wash my toes, right? Oh, so you bring so up your either, foot to closer to I can either to bend down towards my feet, which right. I can still do, but to practice a little proprioception, and I don't recommend you guys do this if you've never done it before because you can slip and fall, but I do lift my foot up and then I wash my foot on the opposite foot, you know, uh, as I'm standing up, bending down a little bit, not bending all the way down to my feet. It's much easier when it was great when I had that shower chair It was so nice just to put my foot up there and wash everything really well. But if you don't have it, you know, you can practice standing on one leg in the shower while you're washing yourself. And yeah, talk uh, to your doctor before you do that. <laughs> don't fall. Okay. Yeah, Please we don't, don't want fall. you fall. But we want you to oh, use We heard all the doctors in, you can wash one leg and stand <laughs> on the other one. I was like, yeah, I, that's not exactly what I meant, but right. I can do it. Okay. But I'm a professional. So don't you guys try this stuff at <laughs> Unless home. you have assistance before you do it. <laughs> I'm willing to, to take the doctor. chance. I'm willing to but take the chance. But the point is, is we want you to maintain agility and direction. And not only that, all this activity also transform your gut biome. When what is the gut biome? The bacteria in your gut. And why does that matter? Because the gut bacteria actually make neurotransmitters. And those neurotransmitters help you stay happy and active and healthy. And those are very, very important and make your B and K vitamins. So as we help build a healthy body, our overall cells of our body, including the intestinal cells, impact the bacteria that live in our gut and they stay healthy as well. My gut biome love bourbon. Love bourbon. <laughs> okay, for the alcoholics out there, don't listen to Dr. They Scott don't. right now. They do. They love yeah. it. Yeah. The problem is that induces alcohol. I love that it. Induces they love it. We live cancer. in harmony. What? We know that alcohol induces cancer. Not and right. a woman who drinks a drink a night increases her risk for breast cancer. Men, prostate, breast, colon. Andrea, you are upsetting my gut biome And right it's now. not good for your brain okay. either. So once You're in a while to have a drink is okay. In about 10 minutes. But... Every day is not healthy for you. As much as you may not want to hear that, it's the truth, and we only want to deliver the truth on this show. So, But exercise is very, very important to overall health, for overall balance, for overall mental stability, for overall gut health, for overall neurotransmitter formations, for everything. So we have to stay active. Sitting and watching TV is not a good idea. And you know you can take us on the road with you. You can take your 
your phone and you can pull up the doctors in on past broadcasts and you can listen to us as you walk. And we're going to change the name to the doctors are in because Andrea's tired of me claiming all the glory from this since she's doing most of the talking now anyway, it seems like. So <laughs> that's not the true. doctors are in. Can I tell one story before we wrap Absolutely. things up? So this, this is your show. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> nobody believes that. Me or anyone listening right All now. right, listeners, you got to write in, write in. <laughs> yeah, we'll take care of this. We'll change the name. So I just want to tell one quick story um, about how you need to advocate for yourself. And I'm going to try to finish this up before we got to go. But So I had a patient that um, I did a kyphoplasty on probably about a month and a half, two months ago. And uh, the, the poor woman, you know, she's on chronic steroids. She's got something called Addison's disease. And it's just weakened her bones tremendously. She's 60, young, low 60s, but I mean, just very prone to fracturing because that chronic steroids has really weakened her bone. And she was told by an orthopedic surgeon that her bones were almost translucent. He was doing a procedure on her and said, don't let anyone ever put an anchor in and, you know, screw in your bones. So when I first saw her, she had fractures up in the higher thoracic vertebral body that was like uh, T3 and T5 and she was in excruciating pain and nobody wanted to touch her because of her history so I told her I said look you know your choices are to go to surgery but we know that's probably not a good choice I can do this kyphoplasty we can do all so we did it and she felt better she was very grateful for that okay and this lady is very tenacious when she feels like she's not being treated appropriately she kind of um, lets everyone know and she's not afraid to which can be a good thing you know especially if you're honestly in pain you know if you're a drug seeker they're going to figure that out too but she was honestly in pain so she felt better and about a month and a half later she, uh, which is now, or two months later, she started getting really bad pain again after bending down, doing something simple. She bent down and picked something up, felt something in her back, and then after that, just excruciating upper back pain again. So when she came back in twice to the ED, and I didn't know any about thing about all this, she would show up and talk about this excruciating pain, and they did studies on her. The problem was I did T3 and T5, and then at T4, this woman had the intervening segment had what's called a bone island, which is a, a sclerotic, naturally sclerotic area inside of the bone. All right. So people interpreting it who didn't go back and look at her history assumed that she had three level kyphoplasty. All right. So she had a kyphoplasty at T3, T4 and T5. And this is what they were dictating. So that kind of changes everything because what they, and you could see that there was a lot of cement in T3 and T5. And if this truly was a kyphoplasty at T4, it was like just a little tiny area, but they thought, you know, somebody didn't put enough cement in. So they just dismissed her as having, you know, treated segments, but nothing acute. And they did MRIs, it showed edema. So and she came back twice and was told both times that she had everything she needed and they sent her home. So then I got a phone call from her saying, I don't know what's going on. They're telling me everything's fine. They're telling me I've had three levels of kyphoplasty. You told me I had two. Somebody needs to figure this out. And she was right. Okay. So I go back and look and they were confusing that T4 as a kypho previously treated segment, but it was just, uh, you know, that, that area of sclerosis in there. And I showed that to her and it was fractured from the time that I did her tonight. It was fractured. It lost so a height. new fracture. A new fracture that nobody really picked up on and I explained to her I'm like I would have done exactly the same thing you know not knowing what went through so I don't think I blame anyone but she was you know her tenacity got her to a point so 
her doctor was out of town, and I said, we're going to take care of this. We're going to get you taken. So I called up her doctor. He was out of town. The secretary said, well, we got another doctor covering. And I said, well, can he write an order to get her in the hospital? And uh, he, she goes, he's not going to write an order. He doesn't know her. And I'm like, she's not going to be happy about this. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> I said, if you tell her she's not writing, she's going to show up in that ED again. So I was going home, and three hours later, I get a call from the ED, and the doctor goes, do you know Mrs. So-and-so? I'm like, oh yeah, I know her. <laughs> and she goes, she's insisting you're going to come fix her, you know, fractured vertebra. <laughs> I said, I am. I'm kind of glad she showed up. And she stayed in the hospital. I did her yesterday. She feels much, much better. But it just goes to show you that sometimes, and I'm not telling you to go be obnoxious, but if you're not getting what you need, you need to advocate for yourself or you need to have someone advocate for you because you can be ignored in the system and no one's going to fix you. All right. So that's the story I want to finish up with, but we don't have much time. Well, really quickly, the the one thing that you have to remember is no doctor knows you as well as you know yourself. That's exactly right. And it's really relaying your symptoms, not giving them the diagnosis because it's important for them to be able, because sometimes you may think you know a diagnosis and it's something else and you mislead someone, but you got to deliver the symptoms over and over and over again so that they can, you know, rethink what they've already been doing. And sometimes you'll have a sickness or a pain that we cannot find, you know, but as long as everything has done, has been done appropriately, then you can say, well, we got to figure something else out, but we're going to wrap things up. If you have any questions for myself or Dr. Andrea, you can email us at the doctors in D-O-C-T-O-R-I-S-I-N at W-N-Z-F.com. As always, stay happy, stay healthy. We'll see you next time. The doctors are out. The Doctor is in radio show paid for by Radiology Associates.